seekers, explorers and rule breakers out there. Welcome to another ex- episode of The Alchemy Experience and I'm your host Christopher Lemke. Today's episode is a follow-up to the episode that was published on the 12th of March tw- uh, 2021 uh, talking about spiritual bypass. So this is a follow-up to that episode. Spiritual bypass was a concept that was uh, minted by John Wellwood in the uh, 80s and uh, it's really about using spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep and av- or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological v- wounds and unfinished uh, developmental tasks. Oftentimes it comes down to level of trust we have with our boundaries and uh, the self-awareness of our boundaries and uh, also knowing that we have a choice of the path that we take in life. Uh, so if we decide to go down the path of not dealing with what's in our background and what's in our baggage, it is a choice. Whether it's uh, subconscious or conscious, it's still a choice. Let's see what uh, nuggets of gold the group can deliver today in terms of wisdom and insight. So let's get started. Welcome everybody. Today we are doing a follow-up on Spiritual Bypass, uh, the episode that was... Uh, released on uh, let's see what date was it it was friday the 12th of march so today we are doing a follow-up on that to talk about experiences stories where we have experienced spiritual bypass and perhaps where we've found ways to identify within ourselves and uh, ways that uh, we we can uh, easily identify it so kick it off right away with uh, a story of my own uh, that I experienced last week. So I had a case of someone who reacted strongly to a uh, comment I made and uh, was quite rude about it, I would say. And uh, so I within myself i suddenly triggered something within me on several different levels but i allowed myself to kind of go back and uh, uh, just observe from my awareness that i was having the emotional triggered uh, or the emotional trigger so i allowed the emotion to kind of come up through me and took a few deep breaths and uh, didn't engage with the I did uh, ask to uh, engage in a conversation uh, both on um, in the public forum and privately Uh, but unfortunately that was uh, she didn't take it take me up on that so so I ended up in a bit of a uh, empty space where it's like I couldn't express myself because well, I couldn't express my point of view because she was basically stonewalling me. So it was a bit of a to-do to uh, figure that one out. But I had to then go into the process of understanding that, you know, if I had engaged in the, the behavior, then that would escalate from there. And since I was coming from a point of view of um, you know my spiritual awareness in my original com- comment if I engaged in that behavior then I would sit on my spiritual pe- pedestal if you like and <laughs> on my uh, awareness pedestal and pass judgment and engage in negative behavior that was going to perpetuate the uh, problem so it was a matter of going back and saying okay well first of all i can't control her actions words thoughts so if that's the way she would like to react to me then i have to allow that now i don't need to take that personally that's a choice i make um, and I don't need to make any assumptions as to why she is making such a strong uh, personal um, comment. 
but at the same time, am I am I uh, kind of being meek if I'm not responding to her? If I'm, uh, but then I decided, well, since since I have tried to engage in conversation and engage in dialogue, I've done everything I can uh, to help kind of level off this situation and so at the end of the day i had to boil it down to that it was trolling uh, the act or the motivation was trolling because there was no desire to in, uh, to continue the conversation and and kind of un get, gain an understanding um so i think a lot of times we when we act on our emotions right away, then we, we do tend to end up taking that spiritual bypass. Um, and when we, if we, if we kind of then find um, resolution in that, if you like, then that can become habit. And that's when we, we find that challenge to come out of it. Um, but, it was an interesting experience because I I made it, the the original comment I made was from a point of awareness, but it wasn't received that way for in this case. Um, so it's just interesting to see how uh, our benevolent approaches can backfire and not always received well by someone else. And just knowing that <laughs> we are going to come up against these challenges uh, and being able to prepare ourselves for when those challenges come up. Because if I hadn't been prepared in terms of the work I've done with myself, then I would have jumped right down her throats and being able and engaged with that negative uh, perpetuation of the challenge. Um, so it's, um, I think there's a lot to be said about preparation and being able to uh, observe ourselves from our awareness. Anybody else want to uh, chime in on this? I'm opening up to the floor here now. Uh, yeah, I put it in the chat, but it, this is spot on to my post-COVID winding down dilemma. But one of the big gifts of this year of kind of isolation has been the opportunity, because so much of this is happening remotely, to step away from situations where I do get triggered, process it, and not react in the moment. And it's given me a great opportunity to practice uh, exactly these skills and it and what I've said to myself is I think I'm getting better at catching myself in the moment as a result of this year of practice but uh, when when we're out in the world more and things are coming at us faster uh, that challenge of not allowing the slings and arrows of the day to dent us by the end of the day is, is something that I'm going to be curious to be watching myself on. Well, and it is interesting because it's almost like we've uh, been through kindergarten this year. So we've, we've learned the, uh, <laughs> the basics of it, right, Diana? And now, uh, as we are released out into the uh, wild of society, we, we are going to uh, now be able to put our practice, uh, practices to the test, right, Diana? Exactly. And uh, that's, I, again, it's been, I'm trying to keep it high level of consciousness that, I, and I'm saying this to emphasize it to myself, yeah. uh, that I really need to slow down and not react as fast to things. I'm, I'm used to doing things, boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, one of the practices of this year that was beneficial for me to experience on an extended and continual basis was things are slower in many cases because there's not as much interaction. So there is de detox or process time before getting into things. 
Well, and the, there also is that practice of trust, trusting that you that you are going to be able to uh, take right action, and that if you are emotionally triggered, that you have that uh, you give yourself the time to just step back into your awareness and observe yourself, your own experience from your, the point of view of your awareness. And that, that is the practice. And if we don't get out into, the, into society with uh, a lot of these experiences, um, we're not gonna be able to um, kind of work that out and uh, kind of uh, practice that, right? Right. You wanted to share in? What I was going to say along the lines of what Diana was saying is with every interaction, really looking at taking conscious action versus reaction um, and having that pause. And also what I was thinking about with this conversation is uh, a discussion I was having with somebody last night around boundaries specifically and realizing where we can get triggered uh, when we're not maintaining our own boundaries and and then projecting those onto somebody else. Yeah, that becomes then the, the um, aspect of yourself that you is left unhealed uh, that you then project onto someone else because mm -hmm. you, because you, you the aspect of yourself that's unhealed, is then part of the weakness in your boundaries because you're not able to trust that part of your boundaries, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Good point. Uh, Barbie? I think a lot of this stuff, unfortunately, goes back to childhood because <clears throat> when we're little and we scrape our knee or we have um, some sort of an upset of some sort, there's a lot of tendency, at least back in the past, to stick a lollipop you know, in a baby's mouth after they go to get a shot or when you go to the dentist you get you know candy or when you get other things like that so I think that there have been so many conditioning places throughout childhood of where you know I mean in the sense of where starting off with babies you know babies when they're unhappy they cry because they want milk so it's like they'll cry until they get fed and then once they're fed they're fine and I think a lot of that continues to perpetuate and I know Eric Erickson talked a lot about that as the psychologist with you know, with like the, the oral phase of different things that people go through. And there are a lot of people who I don't think really kind of get out of a lot of those stages of where we reach for something outside of ourselves to be able to satisfy that feeling of needing to soothe ourselves. But instead, a lot of times people tell you, oh, suck it up. Oh, just, you know, get over it. Oh, let it go. Or it's not a big deal or whatever kind of little thing that people want to kind of encourage you to, to focus on. And unfortunately, feeling those emotions is actually one of the most important things that you do, but there are a lot, not a lot of spaces in our modern society, especially as an adult, to be able to have an opinion or an emotion about something that you don't like. And the corporatization of a lot of the world of where everything gets kind of homogenized, there isn't any place in Starbucks, Inc. or other kinds of places like that for people to have an opinion really, other than what comes from the top down and it's told to you as to how to have a feeling about it. And I know that for myself, just in the last week or so, I've dealt with a very intense work situation. And whenever a situation occurred, I just wanted to hold back and be patient and say, okay, you know, I'm waiting for the notification of a meeting or I'm waiting for this or I'm waiting for that. But everybody I was talking to, including a lot of professional intuitive life coaches, were telling me like, well, you need to take a screenshot and send it in. Well, you need to contact a lawyer and send it in. You need to get this person involved and they can't do that. And it was like all of this outrage where everybody was so upset and they were all full of all of these emotions about like what you should or shouldn't do. And instead for me, I just said, no, I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna hold back. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna trust that all of this is gonna work out. Um, I've done everything on my part and it ended up working out ultimately completely calm with no emotions. There was no drama. There was no nastiness. It's all as of yesterday completed, but it was something that I think the knee jerk reaction is for people to use their emotions as a form of taking action, but it's not always in the positive. So the spiritual bypass is to 
think that the this the emotion is what you need to be able to do to be able to take the action towards something but instead it's really sitting with that emotion and saying okay i'm really pissed off right now like what you were talking about christopher like i'm really pissed off right now and i'm in an empty space and i don't know what to do with this but i need to sit with this emotion for a moment and have it talk to me because that's what it's trying to talk to us. The, the emotions are talking to us. And if we don't listen to them, they turn into pains in our bodies, the chronic ones that don't end up going away because we haven't listened over and over and over again. So instead it's really getting quiet with your own emotions and saying, why am I feeling this way? And what can I do that's healthier for myself? And then allow things to kind of settle. And then from that vantage point, you can then look at things objectively, but you, I don't think people should take the action based on the emotion. I think you should take action based on after you have done the work of, of kind of sorting through the emotions first. And then from that perspective, you can be objective and factual because you've calmed down and you've taken the emotions out of it. Well, and the, the whole journey really starts, as you, as you mentioned there, Bobby, uh, when we were children, because at least when I was growing up, my parents or adults didn't look at children as uh, from a children's perspective they were looking at children from an adult's perspective thinking they were little adults or little persons um, not realizing that children's psychology is vastly different from an adult's psychology so the words that you tell a child are going to have a, a lasting uh, impact on that person that when they grow up so uh, absolutely it's it's and it, then it becomes this idea that you know suck it up that then becomes part of your programming so you try to suck it up which becomes suppressing of your emotions you don't allow your emotions to uh, have that space and, and to um, be part of you and allow it to rise up and out of you but it stays within you. So sitting in as a muscle pain, as it were. And sure, I mean, boundaries as well, uh, it's all becomes part of it. It's if we can trust our boundaries uh, because of the work that we've done, then our boundaries don't need to be so stringent. They are flexible and they can work from moment to moment because our ex uh, a level of acceptance from is going to change from moment to moment. So what I'm willing to accept with in one situation might be slightly different to the next situation. But being able to trust that I'm able to come up against the situation and uh, follow the flow of the energy where so understanding kind of that I don't need to know the house of how I'm going to work through this experience, but knowing that why, I, or rather why I need to work my way through the experience and what's going to be on the other side. How do I want to feel when I get through it? So that's all part of it as well. Um, and also becomes part of trusting our intuition. When we come into an experience, uh, like Barbie was describing, that not acting from your emotional or your conscious mind, then you're able to take a step back, sit in your awareness and observe yourself having the experience. Then you can follow your intuition and say, and know whether you should take action or if you should just hang back and wait things, uh, let things play out, right? Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much, Barbie, and thank you very much, Chris. Barbie, I completely, like, 100% can resonate with what you just said. Um, and I can give, like, ex two examples from last week or maybe two weeks. And one example is the fact that I really got upset uh, about, you know, something that really triggered me and I was in the middle of that situation and I just followed those emotions. I acted, acted with emotions. And what happened was I behaved in the way that I'm not proud of, and it's something that I would rather avoid in the future. Um, and and I will get back to this point in a minute. And luckily, I had the opportunity um, later on again 
that I was in the situation that it was triggering me and I recognize that ability, that it's that situation is triggering me. So I removed myself from that situation, went for a walk, calmed down and changed the perspective completely. So did not act on the emotions. But um, what I used to do when I acted in the way that um, I wasn't particularly happy with myself or displayed the behaviors that are not me anymore. Um, it was really interesting to, to experience that because rather than after this, the whole situation, after done me be beating myself up and thinking like, I really screwed up. I thought like, what can I do to make the things right in the future? And what that situation told me about myself. And I sat down in the meditation in the evening during the same day. Um, and, and basically in after like 30 minutes of meditation or so, I had those images coming from my childhood and where I was able to look at my parents and ser like certain behaviors when they were arguing or, or whatever. And then it kind of, I compared myself or that myself from that very morning to the situations and um, memories that I have from my past. And I thought, God, that's not me. That's the situation or that's the behavior that I have learned. And I kind of embedded it with myself, but actually I can, I can remove myself from those feelings. I can use the feelings as the message or messenger or the information source in which it enables me to behave to my standards and to be best version of myself on a daily basis. But I am not that, I'm, I don't, I, I've got ability to choose not to be triggered or not to be attached to that um, situation. And of course, later on in that meditation, I have been able to see so many other things that I still need to resolve. And then it was almost like in the Matrix movie, are you taking the blue pill or red pill? Do you want to know the truth? Or <laughs> you choose to be ignorant and just pretend that you never went on that spiritual path and, you know, I decided that, okay, there is still plenty of work to do and I am committed to to do that work. Well, thank you uh, for sharing that story and uh, sharing for uh, sharing kind of the, the shadow side of yourself and uh, being vulnerable to do that. Appreciate that, uh, Carol. And uh, yeah, the I think what happens a lot of times is that when we have that experience and we, we get ourselves distance from it we start beating ourselves up saying oh i'm such an idiot why did i do that you know it just perpetuates things and without the reflection of the experience and just sitting with that kind of hurt when we come up against that experience next time we're going to do the same thing again because we 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 know there's pain but we don't understand it so we are going to defend ourselves against the pain, but yet we are actually inflicting the pain on ourselves because we are acting not from our observing our actions from our awareness, but we are acting from our emotional condition or emotional state of mind. Thank you, Christopher. And for this conversation, it resonates so much with me. It's what I teach and my conflict coaching to people and it's really it makes so much sense when you you're talking about it from a conscious angle and what I try and do also with my my children I tell them all the time like nobody can make you feel anything nobody has that power right you make yourself upset or angry or happy and it's only you who creates your your own emotions and and then you have a choice once you can acknowledge it, right? Where you're talking about seeing it from a conscious place and, and sitting with it, then you have a choice that you, you act on that emotion or you're acted on by them. And, and that's how I try to empower my children and, and, and my clients and then explain, like, just like Barbie was saying, we, we grow up in this society where we're not taught to process our emotions, or in fact, we're not even taught to 
identify our emotions with any specificity. Most people just say they're happy, they're sad, or they're angry, and there isn't that emotional granularity. And I think that's the first thing you have to be able to first explain precisely what you're feeling so that you can even process it yourself and then you can gain control and then you don't go into avoiding it or avoiding the situation or the conflict. And then you also don't also then like you, Christopher, pause and, and try to open up dialogue instead of taking a, a cheap shot at the person or reacting immediately. And, and that's another reaction in society that we just mask our pain, our inability to process the emotions. So I think coming with a conscious lens is really important and slowing down enough to observe the story. So after you can identify the emotion, then really tell yourself your interpretation, like what is going on inside you that's making you feel this way? Because it's always about something that we see and then we concoct because we're, we make our own meaning about what is it that, what judgment are we passing on ourselves about the other, about the situation? Is it good or bad? And and I think when you slow everything down and and take it from a conscious lens and it, it can really empower empower you and 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 improve a relationship. Yeah, so we, we tend to look look at our current and future experiences through the lens of our past experiences. Uh, when we act from our um, uh, just from our emotions or uh, the external world, uh, as a response to the external world that ex exists around us, because the, then we sit in the the idea that the only thing we know are our past experiences, and we we have this idea that our less the lessons we've learned from our past experiences are about everything that ex is external to us, as opposed to flipping the the uh, <laughs> whole idea around. Uh, that the experiences are really about teaching us about ourselves and how we show up and act in uh, any given situation, any given experience. And um, if anybody's listened to the first podcast, that um, the the premier podcast that I launched, uh, you know, talking about choice as a, a superpower. Yeah, it's. It's scary. Once you realize you have that choice, you take the uh, uh, the blue pill, right? And you wake up and you realize that, ooh, I am responsible for all the experiences that I've had in my life, and I have a choice how I react. Um, we, then we have a period of, you know, oftentimes a lot of anger because we, we are pissed off with ourselves and the world. Uh, because we, we realize that we've acted in these different ways, right? Um, so allowing our children to understand that their thoughts and their words and their actions are choice, choices, but that their emotions are not. The emotions uh, happen, if they do happen, then they have to allow them to exist and acknowledge their own emotions to observe them as they come up. Uh, because you can't control the emotions, you can only control the thought that perpetuates the emotion, um, and and that can then comes into the whole idea of judgment as well. That we allow ourselves to uh, view things from a more objective point of view, which is our awareness. Then we can observe ourselves as a participant in the experience, and we can remove that element of judgment. Go ahead, Barbie. I think the other danger that's happened too, though, kind of in the personal growth industry too, though, is that there are a lot of people that run around talking all the time about like, well, I just need to speak my truth. Well, I just need to speak my truth. Well, I'm just going to tell everybody my truth and et cetera, et cetera. But there's also nuances and there's also finesse and there's also timing. And people need to also realize that them just basically coming in with a hand grenade and dropping their truth into someone else's reality, not everyone is ready for that. And especially like, I mean, different relationships are at different levels of, of comfortability, et cetera. Like you're not going to basically just because you're angry at your boss, come in and say, you know what? I think you're an asshole. That's not a really, really good thing to do to walk in because that is your truth that yes, you think that your boss is an asshole, but by the same token, it's not a good idea to drop that in to be able to just say it. But I think that 
having the ability to to read a situation is really really important and i think a lot of people have kind of gotten out of that kind of um ideology because we now have all of these drop the mic moments where oh i just come in and i just drop the mic and i just walk away because i just blew everybody's mind etc but i think that we also have to realize that we're dealing with our own emotions we're dealing with our own issues our own triggers our own boundaries etc etc but we're also dealing with another human being that we're interacting with at all other times or in other groups and we also have to be sensitive to the fact that other people have their needs too and if you have an issue with something you need to also not confront that person in front of a group you also have to have the opportunity to just say you know hey you know this kind of appeared this way etc and you know can you just give me a little bit more clarification as, as to whether or not you meant this or not etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean that's a you know kind of a non non-threatening type of way to handle things but i do think that by really making this social media drop the mic and i'm going to speak my truth to power it has also alienated people because it just silences people where there's no discourse because then nobody's even going to be willing to even say what they have to say because they're not allowed to have an opinion anymore so they just stop talking and that's also to me a very much um an important part of spiritual bypass as well because you'll have whole societies that start creating underground movements because they don't feel like they can you know express themselves anymore and that becomes the source of the division um and those i love that the whole idea of you know when people speak their truth now are they speaking their truth from their place of authenticity or from their place of judgment so what, what's the motivation for speaking my truth um you know i i'm always out here talking and speaking my truth but i always have to look at myself and observe my own experience as to what's my motivation for speaking my truth is it to share wisdom that i feel is valuable you know when using the filters that we talk about you know if you're uh, saying something is it true is it kind or is it useful you know it has to pass all those filters and sometimes you know when i work with the clients as a coach the stuff i say might trigger them but it has the, uh, the result that triggers them and it allows them to observe themselves in that trigger and then as they uh, i heard the other week on my podcast don't waste a good trigger uh, because it is really opening that door to uh, finding the breadcrumbs back to the original sensitizing event um, and truth in itself is is a paradox because my truth is not going to be someone else's truth so there are a lot of truths around any given experience or situation um, and i think if we're able to be compassionate and sensitive towards that fact that truth is a paradox then we are allowing ourselves to be recipients of someone else's truth and we could actually learn something and build those bridges uh, over that divide so i think that it's the authenticity and compassion that comes into that they're important hi i'm maureen and um i really liked what barbie had said especially about your bosses and you know not really being able to express your feelings or your true feelings and um you know i was thinking about by not being able to express my feelings you end up getting resentments and um you just end up being pissed off at that person for like ever and um i was told one time by a friend of mine that if i'm if my boss or if somebody like really really upsets me then to write out a letter <clears throat> to that person and then you know get my feelings out and then just you know kind of let it go and also um as far as expressing your truth i was um you know are you going to express your truth to the point of where you're going to hurt another person or yourself or is it expressing your truth because you need to express your truth to somebody that is open to 
you know, kind of receiving it. Like some people don't understand what um, what what we're trying to do, so they could get really defensive in their own world, and they could take our meaning very, very differently than what you know than what we're trying to what I'm trying to express. So I always have to ask myself. Am I doing this to, um, for, you know, to the benefit of both, or am I doing it because I want to hurt someone or hurt me or, you know, so forth and so on. So I have to be really careful with, I, I don't think that I have to end up not expressing my truth or being authentic. It's just that there's certain people that can never understand, um, what it is that I'm trying to do because they're so far into their own denials and you know their own their own world that they can't they can't relate. So I just have to accept that and kind of like let it go. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. And it's um, it's that understanding the motivation of why we are conveying something are we is the motivation uh to gain power over the other person is it motivation to uh, retaliate or have revenge uh then perhaps that the words coming out of your mouth is not going to be for the highest good of anybody really and uh, I, lo I love the uh terminology that someone in the chat here used that uh, uh you know if you go out and you use that label, my truth, it be, uh, sometimes become an abdication of personal responsibility. Love that, beautiful. And uh, so the spiritual bypass of the process, when someone experiences that, it, it often becomes, it's a re uh, retreat uh, of sorts because if they've had been on a process of, um, self-development or uh, spirituality or like even uh, gained moved through the ranks in the co company or in politics if we take the example of a politician for example that enters politics with the notion of changing the world for the better uh, but then they become quote-unquote corrupted by the, um, the the system itself then they and they start uh, working in a way that is going to be detrimental to the greater good, then that is part of a spiritual bypass as well. And uh, we do see that where a lot of times career, career politicians, as they are in it for a longer period of time, it becomes more about making decisions to make sure they get reelected as opposed to making brave decisions that um, is for the highest good of, uh, from, from their point of view, the highest good of the uh, people they're there to serve. Um, and the same thing, when you move into, look at companies, uh, perhaps scientists go into a pharmaceutical company with the idea of saving uh, lives and they move up into the ranks and move up to st a state or become CEO and suddenly uh, the idea of money becomes paramount. Now I have to look after the investors and the the uh, people I came into from the beginning to help heal uh, become less important. So it's the idea of the the foundation of the belief has to take second uh, priority to something else that is ego-based, if that makes sense. So it's it becomes this. Um, we kind of pull the 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 veil back over our eyes, and act from a point of view of protecting ourselves, as opposed to having being conscious about everybody else's. Uh, you know that we are part of uh, this. We're, we're no different, as it were. 
So if I hurt someone else, then I'm uh, in effect hurting myself as part of it. Suppose I would like to come back to one of the points that you made earlier on, which, by the way, I 100% agree with you. And it's about the uh, subject of control that you were talking about earlier on, which I believe is very important when it comes to spiritual bypass and actually the all day function, like our everyday functioning. Uh, and when we are talking about things that we can control, whether there are thoughts, emotions, words, um, and actions, I agree with you that these are only three elements in our lives that we can control. However, gaining control over them, and I think this is the, the point that I really like to make, that gaining control over those three aspects of our existence is bloody challenging. Yeah. And <laughs> no one um, said it was easy. No, uh, I, I agree with you, but I think this is something that I really want to stress out because even even though that um for for a lot of people uh, when when you talk that yeah yeah you can control your thoughts um you can control your words and and people might get back to to us and say like how do you con con control thoughts like i've got those recurring thoughts that i can't get rid of it and i suppose the most important thing when it comes to that is being aware being aware about all the processes that you have being aware of your childhood about how you were um raised by your parents what sort of environment that you lived in and realizing that life is a marathon rather than sprint it takes a lot of practice to and self-awareness and sitting down in the meditation or practicing yoga or physical activity to work on yourself to get to the point that you've got a little bit more control over your thoughts or a little bit more control over your words and a little bit more control over your actions um and it, do it doesn't come easy and uh, and I think when it when it comes to to spiritual bypass, I think if you get past the spiritual bypass and you say, yeah, you know, I meditate 90 minutes a day, I can say my truth. Why not? Then actually, this is a good indication that you need to sit a little bit more <laughs> and spend a little bit extra time investigating your um, quality, not quantity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so to me, the uh, when it comes to that, I think the uh, best indication is especially when I argue with my wife and when I realize that I keep arguing for just you know it doesn't need to be like long or or it's just sometimes it's just a sentence exchange when I get to the point that why I'm saying that like is that my ego and when I get to the point that I ask the question I'm usually she might be wrong but I'm usually wrong as well like, if I was right, I wouldn't need to argue. Well, I think we, we come to this, when we come to the point where we realize that we are the common denominator of any one of our experiences, then we also realize our part in those experiences. That we are, yes, we are going to definitely be wrong in every, at some aspect at least in every single experience right and i think the challenge for most people that are not necessarily exercising the spiritual bypass but that are not uh, on the uh, path of self-awareness just yet is that they have no concept of self they don't realize they can actually observe their own experience from their awareness the the concept of, of awareness there's no they don't realize that there is a separation between conscious mind and awareness um, and i think for me i only realized that when i started meditating because then you are observing yourself from a different perspective and that that for me was the realization um, but also i think as we then when we you know, start traversing this path we then start looking at, as I said before, we start realizing that we had a choice and that everybody else has choice as well and that pisses us off 
and it really we we I think there's a phase that we all go through where it's like I can't believe I hadn't seen this before. I need to let everybody else know. And that's when we go out and it's like, here's my truth, you know. And it's that's when we, we oftentimes slip into that process of spiritual bypass. I've been there, been there, done that, you know. And, you know, at times I have to check in with myself to make sure that I don't do it again. Uh, but as I become more adept at uh, at uh, <laughs> observing myself, uh, the easier it gets. I think too, um, I heard a really cool um, quote from Emily Fletcher and she says, we don't meditate to get better at meditating. We get better at meditating so we can get better at life. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely accurate in the sense of where I think that there's also a certain righteous indignation and in the sanctimonious aspect of, well, I'm better than you because I meditate or I'm looking at things from a spiritual vantage point and you know and, and so on and so forth and um i know you and i have joked about that where if somebody's like oh someone just flipped me off on the you know on the freeway or whatever namaste or oh isn't it namaste oh you know okay someone just you know hit you in the face namaste and a lot of times people that spiritual bypass just to make everything just totally okay because you know i said something spiritual with it or but you, or you still, flip or you fl flip someone off yourself and you go love and light exactly so it's like from the perspective of of making it like this this juxtaposition of like good and bad of where what if i do this but i mean it that's kind of the same idea that i think you know i know my grandparents generation you know they used to think that going to church on sunday was a free pass to be whatever they wanted to be from monday through saturday mm -hmm. so you know i went to church for two hours on sunday so Monday through Saturday, I get to do whatever I want because I get forgiven on Sunday so I can go back and do six more days of crap to whatever I want because I get forgiven. And that was their form of spiritual bypass that they thought they could just kind of have a pass without the Hail Marys and all that stuff. So, you know, that's the kind of thing of where I think that it's also realizing that if you're truly on a spiritual path, then you really have to look at yourself and say, okay, what is my motivation for this? How do I want to get over it? Do I want to feel like this anymore? And if the reality is no, then what can I do about changing it for the next time of where I don't and not keeping it inside and smiling and making sure that everybody sees just like the, you know, the happy, shiny parts of yourself, but that you really allow yourself from that intimacy circle we've talked about multiple times in this podcast of those people that you really, really know that they get to see the true you. And that's probably one of the best gifts that you can give to yourself because you don't spiritual bypass especially with those people because you give yourself freedom and they themselves as well to be completely themselves definitely and one of the things you know with spiritual bypass is that it's the tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues psychological wounds and unfinished developmental tasks and this comes from uh, john wellwood who's the uh, who kind of minted the uh, expression spiritual bypass in the 80s um, and it is that masking and that, that's where we go through processes where we do end up doing that spiritual bypass because uh, we have the the ideas that we have are are still immature and un, unfinished and undeveloped um, and we haven't we haven't seen the whole picture yet. We haven't understood the whole picture yet. Uh, or you have those uh, there's a lot of cases of people that kind of discover their spiritual uh, depthiveness or their uh, gifts, if you like, or skills, and then they don't actually do any work on their personal baggage because they see it as a way to succeed in life which from uh, society's point of view is make money right so there, there's the uh, spiritual awakening and the spiritual bypass based on that and then those people that have had their gifts their entire life and kind of just develop a, a commercial business around it without dealing with uh, the, the crap they have in the background so they're, they're those two aspects but then if we look into broader society then we have these this function of spirit 
you know, whether it's business idealism bypass or <laughs> political uh, ideal bypass, whatever it may be, right? So it's, uh, we are challenged in every, every different way that we uh, show up in life. So from a, uh, so from a spiritual point of view, yeah, now you got to work on it. And it is tough doing. It's tough going. Uh, a lot of times we do, we do our own work and, you know, it's called personal development for a reason because we do it ourselves. Um, others show up with a, uh, at a psychotherapist's office and do the work there. But it's challenging and it takes a lot of courage to realize these things about ourselves. And it takes a lot of courage to know that we have a choice. We have a choice about being angry. We have a choice about retribution. We have a choice about thinking things. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a tall order. I was just thinking about like uh, spiritual bypass and um, how challenging that is. And one of the um, major problems or challenges that I have is um, I, I the most impatient person probably on the planet. You know, I, I hate standing in line and I hate traffic. I hate just, you know, let me just get there. And um, God has a funny way of uh, putting things in my life that makes me face this, this challenge of impatience, you know, and some of the other um challenges that I have and I what I've done is I've written down like you know like all all the things that I have to work on and then like all of my strengths and all that I have to work on is like two pages long and my strength my strength page is like maybe a page if that and um, I was just thinking that there are times when my spirituality just goes right out the window. You know, everything that I thought um, or thought I practiced or, you know, thought of how great of a, a you know, a spiritualist is. Once I'm, once I'm like in, in the middle of being like uh, pissed and I can't like, calm myself down I'll just go like that's it you know and then like afterwards I'll be feeling really bad but um I I just can't seem to get out of that that intense moment when you're so upset that um there's you know you know like like listening like I get anxiety and stuff and then so there's so much um frustration that I just let go I just let loose and I'll just say whatever comes to mind and that that's terrible that's a terrible thing to have and it's hard to get over you know it's it's, it's really difficult well you get a double whammy there don't you you get the uh, the discomfort of the the experience when you you are expressing yourself from uh, not from your awareness but from your engagement with the emotion that has arisen as well as the the the, the shame and the guilt you experience afterwards when you reflect on your experience um, so and that that is the the practice right there is because what happens is when you have the emotion arise within you at least in my experience then we, when we're not aware of it, we tend to uh, engage with the emotion and uh, act out from the emotion with our thoughts and our, um, with our words and our actions. Um, but rather, if we can notice, if we notice and we, we condition ourselves to notice when we have emotions arise within ourselves, and rather than go into the emotion and engage with it, because that's what gives it energy. And uh, with our engagement, then we hold on to it. That's our choice, right? And that's where the choice okay. lies. So if, we, if we're able to condition ourselves to identify it and to 
step back within ourselves from the point of view of or the perspective of our awareness and, and just observe the observe the emotion then the emotion has uh, full availability to exist within us and just rise up and float away right we, we diffuse the energy of the emotion so if you take anger for example the there are studies that have been done that physiologically you can only hold on to anger or your body can only hold on to anger for 90 seconds any time beyond that you are actively engaging and holding on to it within your body so mm. rather than counting to 10 just count to 90 or 91 right and once you get past 90 then the anger is out of your body it cannot exist within your body as uh, an energy right so that's the idea if we, we think about uh, the 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 emotion in itself that we have no choice about once it exists it has to transmute and the transmutation is by acknowledging and allowing it to be in your body and allowing it to kind of uh, float out um, and then the the observance then we can observe it and see why we had that emotion and we can find the way back to the original sensitizing event to heal that uh, perspective diana you have something to uh, share there yeah so i wanted to add on to what you were saying christopher for me i the way i frame that that journey is from going from unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent that's having an awareness that you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing to consciously competent because you really gotta discipline yourself and then finally to unconsciously competent where it's just so integrated in you but it, it, that's a whole rewiring process that's anything we learn in life uh when it becomes a pattern or a habit we first have to learn it and then once we've learned it and we know it by heart then it goes into the subconscious and that's relating to bad habits of the bad habit of acting from your uh, or engaging with your emotion that is a habit that we've built up right so we, we are unconsciously competent in doing that, right? Um, so we, it, it, exactly as you say, it becomes a process of rewiring and to uh, retrain ourselves or reprogram ourselves to install a new program and say, you know, and it, it's, we need to do it in a way where, you know, if you have a virus on a computer, you need to rid, we kind of eradicate the virus so you need to understand where what's the source of of the challenge and uh, remove that if you just install a new program the the virus is still going to be there and still cause issues right so it's it's uh, approaching it from from the depths but that that's where the courage also comes in to dive into de the depths of our traumas and our challenges uh, because we're going to have to revisit some uh, pretty dark and scary places that we have buried deeply within um, and it takes courage to go there uh, but the sooner we do it the sooner we can be free right very good well thank you for joining in and thank you for sharing so uh, with the vulnerability and uh, just showing up and being yourselves and sharing in this topic. It's, uh, it's one that's uh, dear to my heart. So uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care. Some brilliant takeaways from that conversation. For me, it comes down to motivation and checking in with my authenticity. So Whenever I'm in an experience and I get triggered or I look at my actions and really take a look at why am I acting this way? Why am I saying this? Why am I thinking this? So really taking a look at my motivation 
and asking the question, is this really authentically me? If you're interested in looking at some of these topics that we discuss in these podcasts from uh, your personal perspective, uh, you're welcome to contact us at the Alchemy Experience, uh, our coaching workshops, where we can delve into these topics from your perspective in more detail so just uh, contact us through thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, take advantage of our 30 minute uh, free consultation hope to catch you soon again on uh, the next episode of the alchemy experience podcast bye for now